welcome everyone, and thank you so much for joining us today for Online Church. If you have kids, we also have our Bridge Kids online service going on, and you can go check that out on our website, thebridgechurch.tv, or on our Bridge Kids Facebook page. Yeah, for those of you guys who are viewing on Facebook, we would love for you guys to share and invite others. Also, if you guys are having amazing worship times, we want to see tag us at the Bridge Church. We would love to see you guys worshiping together. We want to keep you updated on everything that's going on in the church, so let's go check out Church News. Hey, Bridge family, we do want to keep you up to date with what's happening here in the church. So here is what's going on. We are very excited to announce our very first Bridge Church School of Ministry that's kicking off on September the 26th. There's a deadline for application that's happening later this month, the last day of the month, August the 31st. If you are interested in finding out your life's calling, or maybe you think that you are called to ministry, then the Bridge Church School of Ministry is for you. This is a program that is designed and geared for young adult and 20-something age people who want to find out if ministry is the path that God has for them. You might be interested in worship or production, pastoral ministry, men's, women's, kids, youth ministry. These are all streams that we want to help you grow in so that you can pursue all that God has for your life. You can go to our website or to the Bridge app and apply for the Bridge School of Ministry right now. And we also want to let you know that Bridge U is happening every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. In fact, this Wednesday, we're kicking off a brand new series called Some Assembly Required. It's going to be an awesome series for all of our junior high and high school students. And if you want to tune in, you can jump on our YouTube page and find it there as well as through our website, thebridgechurch.tv. Students, we love you and we want to keep you connected during this season. So we encourage you to tune in for Bridge Youth and be a part of Bridge Youth. It's going to be an awesome night. You can jump on our Bridge Youth YouTube page, or you can go to our website, thebridgechurch.tv, and tune in. It's going to be an awesome time, and we encourage you to jump in, find a connect group right after youth, because this is the best way to stay engaged during this season. And speaking of this season, we have been able to provide food for people who are facing hardship during this season through our community care program. And we recognize that that is only because of your faithful generosity. So thank you so very much for making a difference in the lives of people right here in the Temecula Valley. If you are facing a need right now, we want you to know that community care provides food every single Sunday at 11 a.m. Just come right here to the church property and drive to the back of the building and our team will be there to help you, to meet you. This is a drive-up style service and we would be happy to help you and your family if you are facing a need right now. And we also want to let you know that this month, on the fifth Sunday of the month, which is August the 30th, Community Care will actually be closing to give all of our team members a break. They have been working so hard over the past five months to help people who are facing these needs, and we want them to have a time of rest. So no Community Care on the fifth Sunday of this month, but otherwise we will continue to meet that need at 11 a.m. each Sunday. And finally, we are having another outdoor service tonight at 6 p.m. on the plaza here at the bridge. And we want to invite you and your family to be a part of this night. If you have not been to one of our outdoor services, this is such a great time to connect with your church family and see one another face to face. Again, it happens at 6 p.m. There's plenty of space for everybody to spread out, to find some shade, even on these warm evenings. It's a great time where we'll worship God together. We'll get into his word for just a few moments, and we would love to see you there. Again, it's at 6 p.m. tonight, and we hope that you'll join us. Thanks for tuning in and seeing what's happening here at The Bridge. Now back to Kai and JJ. If you're joining us for the first time today, make sure to go to our website, thebridgechurch.tv, and click on our Connect tab. Once you guys get to the Connect tab, we want you guys to fill out the digital Connect card where you guys can be able to get plugged in and be a part of our Bridge Church family. Also, if you guys do not have our Bridge Church app, make sure to text us at 77977. Type out the Bridge Church space app. That way you guys can be able to have our app that is filled with great information about giving, outdoor services, and everything in between. Yep. Once again, thank you so much for joining us for Online Church today. Well, now it's time to worship God, so let's stand up, gather our families, and let's get ready to worship. Good morning and welcome to Church Online. Psalm 8-2 says, praise silences the enemy. Wherever you are right now, make that a place of praise because God is on your side. Come on. Praise be you. 
Amen, amen, amen. And this morning, as we're worshiping God and we're praising and we're singing this song that says, praise the Father, praise the Son, I can't help but to think how much worship and praise really puts so many things into perspective. And, and as I'm here this morning and I'm worshiping, I'm just thinking about the freedom I have in Christ. I'm thinking about the provision I have in Christ. I'm thinking about all the things that the cross purchased for me and for you, church. And because of that, I'm just overwhelmed with this this feeling of how worthy is God of our praise. How worthy is Jesus of our praise. So I pray this morning on the other side of that screen that you're having a moment of worship because our God is so, so, so worthy. And in this moment, I pray that your time of worship is putting into perspective all the things that are happening around you. And through that, that perspective, that it would bring you peace, that it would bring you confidence, that it would bring you comfort, that through that, that, that you would know that this morning that your worship, yes, it's worship, but it's also spiritual warfare for the season that you're in. Church, how worthy is our God of our worship this morning? Would you pray with me? God, you are so worthy. Worthy of all praise and all honor and all worship. God, our words, they fall so short, but nonetheless, we will give you our worship. God, whether we're in a building or at home or outside or in our car, wherever we are, God, we give you the worship that you are due. And we take a moment, even right now, to just praise you for who you are. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the Alpha. You are the Omega. You're the beginning. You're the end. You're the author and finisher of our faith. You're our provider, our fortress. You are our ever-present help in time of need. You're our Savior. You are our Messiah. And we worship you this morning. I pray, God, that that worship today would bring perspective and peace and healing provision in the midst of it all God no matter what the enemy or life the world might throw at us that we would never miss an opportunity to worship you because you are worthy in Jesus name and on the other side of that screen would you say amen give God the praise that he's due right there in your living room your family room your backyard wherever you're watching from a church. Can I just say thank you so much for joining us today. We have an amazing morning planned for you. It's going to be phenomenal. Sit back, relax, and enjoy it all. Good morning, Bridge Church, and thank you for joining us today for Sunday morning worship at the bridge, online streaming. We're so glad you've joined us. And like I always say, thank you for letting your house become God's house today. I want to talk to you today about your anchor. I want to talk to you about your anchor. Some of you are saying, well, what do you mean my anchor? I don't even have a boat. How can I talk to you about my anchor? An anchor speaks of security, stability, and trust. I want to talk to you about your security, your stability, and your trust today. There is so much uncertainty and so much instability in our world today, and it seems that everyone is looking for someone or something to bring stability into their lives. They're looking for someone or something that they can really trust. Someone who can encourage their confidence for the future. In this season, I'm learning a lot about people. I'm learning about where people have anchored their hope and who it is they're trusting, where they've put their trust. Every one of us is anchored to something. Every one of us is trusting someone or something. 
When people totally lose it, it's usually because they don't have an anchor anywhere. But everybody has got their anchor tied up somewhere. Could be a spouse, could be a family member, could be a friend, could be their job, their business, their doctor, their lawyer, could be their money, could be a politician or a political party, could be government in general. It might even be the lottery. You know, I know people who put more money in the lottery than they put in God's work because that's where their hope is. That's where their trust and that's where their future is steered. Where is your anchor today? To what have you anchored your hope and your trust? Who are you believing today to take care of you? I think it's an important question because when the pressure's on and we get squeezed in this life, we always find out where we've put our trust. And when we find out the place where we've put our trust won't work and that person or that thing can't come through, then we usually run to a place of panic. You know, as you look at the scriptures in the Old Testament, David was a man who often spoke and wrote about trusting God. I was studying this week. In the Psalms alone, you'll find the word trust like 74 times. It's in there constantly. And usually it's David talking about the fact that he's put his faith, his confidence, his trust in God. And you know, David encountered a lot of different situations as a shepherd He fought a lion and a bear. As a psalmist, as a servant, he was in the king's household. And then because of the jealousy of the king, he ran for his life and became a fugitive. Later on, he ended up on the throne as the king of Israel. But in every situation of life, David spoke of trusting God. David was anchored to God, even in the most difficult of circumstances. And I want to look at one of those circumstances today. In just a few minutes, we're going to read from Psalms 57, and we're going to look at the whole psalm very quickly this morning. There's just 11 verses there. But Psalms 57 is an interesting psalm because David wrote this psalm while he was hiding in a cave, running for his life from King Saul hiding in a cave, hoping he would not be found. Now, you might say, well, you know, a cave might be a good place to hide. Yeah, it might be. But if they figure out where you are and they get to the mouth of that cave, there's no escape. So David is in this cave. He's in this place of hiding with his men and his small group of troops. And while he's hiding there, even though he's doing his best to secure himself, he knows His future and his safety really lies in the hands of God. Let me ask you today. Do you really understand that all of your future, all of your hopes, everything you'd like to see come to pass, everything you hope for, even for eternity, it really does lie in the hands of God? Maybe we ought to put all of our trust in him. Let's look at what David said and what he did here in this psalm, Psalm 57. I'm going to break it in three parts with three main thoughts today. Number one, look at verse one of Psalm 57. David says, be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. He says it twice. Be merciful to me, O God. Have mercy on me, for my soul trusts in you. And in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. Great words. God, I'm going to trust in you. God, have mercy on me. I'm running to you for my help. Number one, the first thing we see in this psalm is in times of trouble, David ran to God's presence. 
He ran to God's presence. Now, I know I talk about this quite often. When trouble comes, you need to run to God, not from God. Even in days of failure, when you know you've really messed up, don't run away from God, run to him. But there's something more here I want you to see. David ran to God because he wanted to be in God's presence. He realized in God's presence, there's safety. When you run to God, you can hide under the shadow of his wings. It's a place of protection where no one else can find you. It's a place of refuge, even in the most difficult of days. David hiding from Saul in a cave. said, God, I run to your presence. Isn't it amazing how many times we say, where is God? Where is God? God, where are you? God, where are you? Instead of knowing what David knew, that in times of trouble, we can run to God's presence. You say, well, how do I do that? How do I do that? Look at David's words. Oh, God, have mercy on me. Oh, God, have mercy on me. Well, if somebody was trying to kill you and you were hiding in a cave, wouldn't you be crying out and praying this prayer? Oh, God, have mercy on me. God, have mercy on me. God, I got nobody else to trust. So I'm running to you. Where is your presence? Because if your presence is there, it makes everything okay. David knew that. We need to learn from David today. He said, God, I'm trusting you with my life. David declares that he will make God's presence, his hiding place, till his enemies are gone. He's not praying, saying, oh, God, I, I, I hope your presence will show up. He says, no, God, I'm running into your presence because it's a safe place. David's trust and his confidence was in the presence of God. And he anchored himself to God's presence. He found security in the presence of God. Can I tell you something today? I want to live every day of my life in God's presence. Some of you think, well, uh, church is closed. I can't go to church, so I can't be in God's presence. You can be in God's presence every day of your life if you cry out to him and look to him for your help. If you learn to trust him with everything in life because he cares about everything that's going on. Trust God. Even on the worst of days, hiding in the cave, David knew God's presence was the safest place he could be. And he anchored his trust in the presence of God. There's a verse of scripture in Psalms 20 where David said, Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. Saul can do what he wants to do. But I'm going to remember the name of the Lord my God and I'm going to run to him because in his presence there's safety. David made God's presence his hiding place. Let me ask you today, where have you placed your trust? Where have you placed your trust? Whose presence are you trusting? Well, I, I would like to trust God. How, how do I run to God's presence? Cry out for help. Learn from David's example. Oh, God, help me. God, have mercy on me. God responds to that honest, sincere cry for help. Let God's presence be an anchor for your life. The number two, look at verse number two. We're going to read a few verses here. Verse number two, David says this. I will cry out to God most high. Notice these words, to God who performs all things for me. Let those words sink in for a minute. I will cry out to God, the God who performs all things for me. Verse 3, he shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. And then he uses this word, selah, which means Stop and think about that. Think about that. God performs all these things for me. And God will send help from heaven and he will save me. The very ones who are attacking me, God's going to swallow them up. And he stopped and said, think about that. Can I encourage you to, this morning to just stop and think about 
God's goodness. He goes on to say in that verse, God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. And then in verse 4, he says, My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who, set, who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. See, David understood that God was working on his behalf. I love his words. It, it sounds selfish to some people. It sounds presumptuous. It's a kind of thing that a lot of people in the church would say, well, you don't want to say that. David said it proudly. God performs miracles for me. God keeps his word for me. What he said he would do, he does for me. So God, I'm going to trust you. Even while I'm doing my best to hide in the cave, I'm trusting you. And what David was saying was, number two, in times of trouble, God will protect me. Times of trouble... God will protect me. While we're under attack, David said, God will send reinforcements. God will deal with the ones who are trying to deal with me. The ones who are tormenting me, God says, I will torment them. I want to do this for you. Selah. Stop and think about that. Think about it this morning. Stop and meditate on that. God will protect you. God wants to do these things for you. Make it personal. God wants to do these things for me. Think about that. You see, one of the reasons why you want to walk with God is because David said, God will send forth his mercy and his truth. To those who are under attack, trusting God, he will send mercy. But to those who are the evildoers in the midst of all of their plans and their evil, God will send his truth and God will deal with them according to their intentions and their actions. See, God will protect you and God will deal with your enemies all at the same time. Mercy to you, truth to them. God's a safe place to hide. He wants to give us protection. David anchored himself. To God's protection. He said, I'll run to God's presence, but number two, I'll find protection when I run to God's presence because God wants to work on my behalf. Even on the worst of days in the cave, David knew God would protect him. So he anchored his trust in God's protection. Let me ask you the question. Who's protecting you today? When you look into the next few days, weeks, months, years, who do you believe will protect you? Where have you anchored your trust? Have you anchored your trust ultimately in God's protection? And then the, the third part of this, look at verse number five. We're going to read the rest of the chapter in pieces here. But verse number five, next to psalmist, David says, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all of the earth. And then he goes back to the storyline. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit for me. Into the midst of it, they themselves have fallen. Selah. Well, there's two or three different things here that David goes through in these, in, in these two verses. But David realized that every battle was an opportunity for God to do something great and be glorified. Think about that. Selah. Think about that. Every battle you face is an opportunity for God to do something great and receive glory out of the situation. You see, we tend to see our battles as an opportunity for the enemy to destroy us. But David saw his battles as an opportunity for God to destroy his enemies. And what did David say? Be exalted, O God. 
be glorified, oh God, in the middle of this crazy, weird situation while I'm hiding in the cave, do something godlike that brings glory to you and I will give you the glory. I will proclaim the great thing you've done in my life. David actually said it as a statement of faith. He said, my enemies have surrounded me. They're doing all this stuff, but they've dug this pit and they themselves will fall in the pit. And he gave God praise. Number three, the third thing we see in this psalm, in times of trouble, David praised God. In the most difficult of days, hiding in a cave, David praised God. Be exalted, O God. Be exalted in this cave. Be exalted all the way up to the heavens. Do God-like things and be exalted because I surrender all of my trust to you. Verse number seven, David says, my heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. See, the third part of this psalm is David anchored, he anchored his trust in praise to God. He anchored his trust in praises to God. Before miracles happen, before God steps in and delivers, before God does anything miraculous and great, David is praising God for victory at the end. We need to learn from that example. He anchored his praise in the promises of God and he trusted God. David said, my heart is steadfast. He said it twice. My heart is steadfast, which means my heart is fixed. My heart is set. I'm not going to move off of this. You're not going to change my mind. God is amazing. His presence is unbelievable. His protection is unpenetrable. And then he turns around and says, and I'm going to praise God regardless of what's happening at the moment because it's all going to be okay. God's going to do something godlike and God's going to be glorified in this situation. Even while I'm in the cave, I praise God. Now, look at the rest of this psalm. Verse 8. Awake, my glory. Awake, lute and harp. Now, think about this. Hey, let's strike up the band. I know we're here in the cave, but you know what? We're, we're back in here a ways. Maybe the noise won't get out. Let's get the musical instruments out. Let's give God some praise. Let's worship God in the middle of this situation. Can you imagine how his fellow men felt at this moment? hiding for their lives. David said, let's praise God. Let's anchor our trust in the praises of God. Let's praise God for the promises he's made and for what he's about to do in our lives. Awake my glory, awake lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, verse 9, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches under the heavens and your truth under the clouds. Here it is again. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. God, do something so amazing that all the earth will cry out at the greatness of God. David said, I will awaken my praise and I will awaken God's glory. See, God inhabits our praise. We worship God. We praise God. God shows up. You want to get in the presence of God? Worship God. Well, church is closed right now. You can worship God right there at home. You can worship God in your car. You can worship God in the restroom. You can worship God any place you want to go worship God. And he'll show up. Because God inhabits our praises. You know, sometimes... We need to wake up our praise. Has your praise gone to sleep? Sometimes we need to wake up our praise. You know, I've, I've got an alarm on my phone, and when I want to get up at a certain time, I set the alarm, and the alarm goes off. I get up, turn it off, wakes me up. You know what some of us need to do? Some of us need to say, come on, praise, praise, praise. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Get your hands in the air. Open your mouth. Give God praise. Tell him that you believe he's going to do what he said he would do. God, you are great. Let your glory rise to all the heavens. Be glorified in all the earth. Some of you, 
need to wake up your praise. David said, I'm anchoring, I'm anchoring in praise unto God. Because God is not going to fail me. He's not going to let me down. You know, praise is like a thermostat. It changes the atmosphere of the room. Praise invites and welcomes God's presence. Praise causes me to remember God's promises. And then I begin to see what God sees. See, some of us are stuck in this cave and we can't find our way out. If you'll start praising God, you'll begin to see what God sees. David was constantly praising God. Therefore, he was constantly seeing what was coming next, that his enemies were going to fall in the pit that they themselves had dug because God made that promise to him. David anchored himself to praising God. Even on the worst of days, hiding in the cave, David praised God because he knew God was faithful to perform his word. He anchored his trust in God with his praise to God. I want to ask you today, have you anchored your trust in God by praising him? How long has it been since you just sat down and wholeheartedly praised God, just God alone and did nothing but praise God for his goodness, his faithfulness, and the promises he's made for your future. Do you do that regularly? You know, I think of Paul and Silas in the New Testament. They, they beat them and they threw them in jail because of their preaching the gospel. And there in the midnight hour while everybody else is trying to sleep and everybody's complaining about their bruises and their scratches and their scrapes and, and those, the whip the lashes that have been left on their bodies and everybody else is crying and complaining. Paul and Silas are singing praises to God. At the midnight hour an earthquake shakes the jail and God opens up the jail and they walk out of the jail because they learn to praise God even in the cave. I say this all the time. Sometimes the only way out of the cave is to praise your way out. Praise God for his faithfulness and his promises. And I want to close this morning. And I want to look at another passage of scripture. I want to take this forward into the New Testament and just show you one simple little passage. It's found in Hebrews chapter 6. And... As Hebrews is divided up into chapters, chapter 6, God begins to talk about our spiritual growth, our maturing. And basically in the first part of the chapter, he's saying, you know, we've got to grow beyond the basic principles of Bible doctrine and the basic principles of Christ we don't want to get just stuck back there in repentance from the old life and the old sins and the different baptisms. We don't want to get stuck there. We want to move on to maturity. And as he talks about this in the middle of the chapter, God says, you know, maturity comes when you begin to take the promises of God, believe there for you, and put your trust in those promises. And I'm paraphrasing, but you can read through it, see it for yourself. A life of Christian maturity comes when our confidence is in the promises of God. And then he says those promises are true. And those promises become an anchor for our lives. They become a place of safety and security. And in Hebrews 6, verse 19, it talks about this hope we have in Christ. It says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Literally, the way this verse is written, it says, this we have, this we have. These promises, this trust, this confidence, this expectation that God will do what he said. We have this expectation as an anchor of the soul. Verse 19. This hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. It means it's secure and it's stable. And this promise, this confidence, this trust, this expectation, this hope 
it goes all the way up behind the veil into the very presence of God where Jesus now sits making intercession for us. Where Jesus, who brought us into this life, sits at the right hand of the Father, representing us before the Father, seeing that all the promises of God are performed in our lives. He's praying to the Father on our behalf. It's interesting. As you, as you go back and look at this, these verses, in this chapter, Hebrews 6, it literally says that we come to the place where we realize these promises are true and God cannot lie. What he said he would do, he will do. What he's promised, he will perform. So we can run to him in his presence. We find protection there. And then we begin to praise him because we know he can't lie. And he's going to do what he said he would do. That is an anchor for my life. I don't run here. I don't run there. I don't panic at this. I don't panic at that. Things in life come unexpectedly. It doesn't shake me because I'm anchored in the presence of God and his promises are going to be performed just the way he said. Great, great scriptures. Years ago, I heard a story about some men who had moved to the southern part of the United States, and they were in a fishing business, and they started out small and started growing the business. They had a couple of small boats, and then over time, they got some larger boats. But when they first moved there, it was down south where the, the rivers would take in the rainwater from up north, and those rivers would swell up in, in the flood season. And there in, on those great river banks and along those bayous, when, when it was rainy season, those, those waters would swell and rise, and their equipment would be in danger. And, of course, the bayous rise and fall with the tide anyway, but, when, boy, when it's rainy season and those rivers are overflowing their banks, it's tough to keep things under control. What they did, because they didn't have much experience, they started their business, and when the rainy season came, they went and tied up their boats along the banks where there were tree roots, big, huge trees along those rivers. But the roots had been exposed by the washing away and the erosion of the soil, and they would tie those boats up close there to those tree banks, and they would think, well, it's secure there because those trees are strong. The problem was, when the rains came and the floodwaters got higher and higher there reached a point where the waters got higher than the boat and because they had short ropes tied to those tree roots the waters began to spill into those boats and sink them and the first year they experienced that they lost a lot of their fleet but the next year they learned what the locals already knew when the rains come when the storms hit when things get crazy they took long ropes, tied them to the front of those boats, and then those long ropes, ropes, they went up in the trees and tied to the big limbs of the trees up high so that as the river rose, as the floodwaters came, that boat on that long rope that was secured above them stayed afloat. And then when the waters receded, they knew where to find the boat down by the riverbanks. We need to anchor our hopes above where we are. Some of us have been anchored to things around us on our level, and when the storms come, it's not going to work. If you're trusting people, if you're trusting works of men, if you're trusting riches in this life, if you're trusting things that are temporary, when the storms of life come, your anchor won't hold. But if you're anchored within the veil... You can have a hope and an expectation that everything God has said in his word is true. And you can trust God and wait on him to be God. God will never fail you. Where's your trust today? Where's your anchor? To whom, to what 
are you anchored? Who do you believe is going to save you and get you through this season? Who, what do you trust? In times of trouble, to whose presence do you run? In times of trouble, to whom do you look for protection? In times of trouble, do you panic or do you praise God? God wants to be there for you. Anchor yourself today in his presence, in his protection, and in his praise. And then watch God work. Let God be God. You can trust him. I want to pray for you today. If you would, right there where you are at home or wherever you might be, you don't have to close your eyes to talk to God, but just for a moment, just lock yourself in with God. I want to pray for you today. Father, on behalf of everyone who's hearing this right now, I pray that you would direct our attention to you. God, if, if we're anchored in the wrong places, help us understand how fragile those places are. If we're trusting the wrong people, help us understand people don't always keep their word, even when they have good intentions. Sometimes our strength is limited and we fail. God, take our attention and redirect it to you today. God, help us to run to you, to cry out for help and run believing that your presence is the safest place we could ever be. And Father, help us to trust you to bring protection and victory into our lives. God, this is a crazy season. People are being hit from all different angles, but you are able to take our enemies and cause them to fall into the very pit that they dug for us. And then finally, Father, today, we trust you. God, we lift our voices in praise to you, and I say, God, I trust you. I believe you. Be exalted, O oh God, in my life, in my circumstances, all the way up to heaven. Let your praises ring out, Father. I will wake up my praise. I will lift my hands. I will lift my voice. I will not be silent, but I will thank you because your promises are true, and you will never fail me. My trust is in you. God, I pray you would adjust our hearts today to see clearly, to understand what we need to do to shift our anchor from temporary things up to the presence of God where you will keep us safe forever. In Jesus' name I pray. And one more prayer I want to pray today. You might be listening to this and you're praying that prayer, but deep down inside you're realizing I don't really know God. I'm not in relationship with God. But maybe your heart's crying out saying, I want to know God. That's because God's knocking on the door of your heart. I want to pray a simple prayer, and I'm going to ask you to wrap your faith around these words. There's nothing magic in my words, but you wrap your faith around these words, and God will respond to you right where you are. Father, I ask you today to hear our cry, to hear our prayer. God, help. We need you. We can't save ourselves. We're lost in our failures and our sin. We need you. We believe today that Jesus is the Son of God who died for our sins and was raised from the dead. We put our eternal hope in Jesus today. Be our Savior. Be our Lord. God, from this moment forward, we're going to follow you. We're going to trust you. We're going to learn your ways. We ask you to become the Lord of our lives. God, I believe you're good. I believe you have better plans for me than I have for myself. So lead me into those plans one day at a time. Let me become safe and secure and comfortable in your presence. From this moment forward, you'll be my father. And I'll be your child. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, it absolutely is the most important prayer you can pray in your entire life. But it's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning of the journey. And we want to help you start building a relationship with God, learning God's ways, walking in God's ways, seeing Him work in your life. And we've got a little tool we want to give you called the next seven days. In a few minutes on your screen, 
There'll be instructions as how you can respond and how we can get this to you. There are no strings attached. We're not going to ask you for anything. We simply want to help you get started walking with God. God bless you today. And now that I've finished my message, we come down toward the end of our sharing with you today. A couple things I want to give you. Number one, I want to give you a thank you. Those of you who are faithfully supporting what God is doing at the bridge, you're not giving to me or to a person. You're not even giving to a church. You're giving to God and his work. God is blessing our church. We're able to pour a lot of money into missions right now. Last week, back to school bash, we gave away a thousand backpacks in less than an hour and a half. Uh, we ran out. I mean, we, we, we thought we would have plenty, but we ran out. But because of your faithfulness in giving, and some of you have asked and said, well, I didn't get to give toward that. Can I still do that? Absolutely. Just make your giving payable to community care. That's who sponsors this. It's our part of the church that oversees Back to School Bash. Hey, we're reaching out to our community, to the world. God is still answering prayer, changing lives, and you have a part in that. Thank you for your giving today. And then the very last thing, uh, I made an announcement this past Friday to the church. It went out on all of our social media platforms. Perhaps you didn't see it. Perhaps it wasn't clear to you. I want you to hear it one more time. It'll just take you two or three minutes. Stay with us. We're going to dismiss in a few minutes, but just listen to this announcement. And if you have any questions, we'll be giving you all the details in the next couple of weeks. But thank you for being with us today. And thank you for hearing our plans for the future to touch more lives. God bless you. Well, this unusual season continues. The lockdown that we thought would last two or three weeks now spans almost five months with no end in sight. And these five months have been the most difficult months of my ministry because it's really difficult to measure what's happening and what impact we're having in people's lives. As pastors, we're called to be shepherds over God's people, to lead and to feed. That's what shepherds do. And it's really difficult to be a good shepherd when you don't see your sheep. Here at the bridge, we have really been working diligently, adapting to minister to as many people as possible. We've developed a weekly live stream children's service for this season. We've also been doing youth ministry via live stream platforms. For those who are not comfortable being around others, We've invested heavily in our Sunday morning live stream services. And for those who enjoy a family-friendly outdoor service with room for social distancing, we've conducted Sunday evening services on our church plaza for the last two months. We are making an impact in this unusual season. And while we all have our opinions, and yes, I've heard many of them, we have diligently sought God for his direction in every decision we have made, as well as his timing for those decisions. You may not always understand or agree, but I want to thank you for your trust in this season. But today, I have an exciting announcement regarding our ever-expanding efforts to minister to more people. With all that we are now doing, I am very much aware that there's a segment of our church to whom we've not been able to fully minister. And that's those of you who, like me, carry the strong conviction from Hebrews 10.25 that we're not to forsake the normal, regular assembling of ourselves together to worship God and to minister to one another. So after five months of your patient sacrificing and waiting, God has stirred my heart to reopen one Sunday morning indoor service for those who desire it. We will be closing every other row on our auditorium and asking you to social distance between non-family households. We will also have safety and cleaning protocols in effect. We will not be doing normal children's ministry at this time, but for those who have younger children, after our worship time, we will have our youth area staged for families to hear the message while their children work on an age-appropriate worksheet designed especially for them. Now, please know this is about ministry, not politics. We will not use the Bridge Church platform to make a political statement. 
But God's word tells us to honor our assembling together and we want to provide that opportunity. For those who would question this decision, we're simply trying to minister more effectively to everyone who calls the Bridge Church their home church. So for those of you who crave that regular Sunday morning worship experience, we are reopening for one live Sunday morning service each week beginning August 30th at 9.30 a.m. For those of you who are not yet comfortable gathering indoors, our Sunday morning live stream services will continue at 9.30 and 11.30, as will all other ministries that have been functioning in this season, including our Sunday evening outdoor service. Yes, I am aware that not everyone will want to attend these services, and I am not pressuring you to do so. I realize that some may think it's unsafe. Others may think everyone should continue to follow our governor's restrictions. I simply ask you to have the same respect for those who want to attend a live indoor service as they have had for you these last five months. We want to minister effectively to everyone. The Bridge Church is a big tent and our church family is quite diverse. So please, choose the services and the ministries that are best for you and honor those who see life a little differently in this unusual season. And I say it one more time, we make this decision after much prayer and consultation with our church board and faithful leaders within the Bridge Church. So mark the date, August 30th, 9.30 a.m. More details will follow soon. And finally, Ann and I want you to know we love you, we appreciate you, we are honored to be your pastors, and we want to lead the Bridge Church into the future that God has planned for all of us together. God bless you. Have a great, great week. If you made a decision to follow Christ or rededicate your life to Christ, we want to give you guys a free gift we like to call the next seven days. This is simply a guide that helps you walk out the next seven days as a new believer in Christ. If you're watching on YouTube, click the link in your feed or you can direct message us on Instagram or Facebook with the words next seven. We'll get in touch with you as soon as possible to get you your free gift. Yes, we thank you guys so much for joining us for our service. We hope to see all of your beautiful faces tonight at our 6 p.m. outdoor service. We hope you guys have an amazing week. Bye.